Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hump day. It is upon us halfway through the week. Thank God it's coming. The weekend's almost here. Almost finished with the first full fucked up week of 2022. Man, this... Man, the first two weeks, the week and a half of 2022 has just been absolute shit. You know, it start, the year started with the death of Betty White. And then we had Sidney Portier died. And Bob Saget's dead. The fuck is next? What the fuck is next? I bitched about this yesterday, but I, I can't help it. it. It's, you know, it feels like, you know, I, I just had this revelation. It's 2022. So does that mean it's 2020 again? Huh. Think about that. 2022. Yeah. Revenge of the 2020. Fuck it. Let's just play some music. In life and in music, there is always a dark side. Whether the truth is something you don't want to tell or something somebody doesn't want to hear. These are those stories. The Black Rose Media proudly presents the dark side of music. And welcome, everybody, to the dark side of music. I am the great and powerful king of kings, emperor of all that is awesome. Derek, how the hell are you doing today on this, I don't even fucking know anymore, January 12th of the year that is, 2022. Uh, welcome back to Rock Rage Radio here. It's 11 o'clock. Hope you all are enjoying yourselves and closing out the night right, right here on here, because you're, you know, this is the best. You wanted the best, you got the best, and I am fucking here to bring you the best in indie, metal, rock, and punk, and the dark stories that go behind it, and some of the fun stories that go behind it as well, because that's what this show is all about. Profiling some of the best in indie music, and telling some of those stories that don't really get told very often. So, let's get to this Wednesday, shall we? Because today I have a band out of Austin, Texas by the name of Pure. And they have an amazing album out that came out last year in the month of July by the name of Vita Brevis. And we're going to go ahead and play the first song off that album called Blood Meridian. So here is the band Pure with their song Blood Meridian. Blood 
by the band Pure off their album Vita Brevis and let's go ahead and bring on Brent from the band now you're muted and now I'm not and now you're not <laughs> what's going on man how are you 
Oh, I'm doing all right. Finally uh, getting past this Omicron COVID bullshit that's been going around. I uh, It finally caught me. I managed to escape it for so long, and then it finally hit me. Well, you're in and, Texas. What do you expect? Well, yeah, there's there's no lie there. There's It's kind of a free-for-all. A lot of people still think it's the Wild West here, and it's time to rack them up and shoot them up. Pew, pew. So... Uh, no, it's, it's, it's man. Everybody I know has gotten, gotten hit. I got friends back from Phoenix where I'm originally from that, you know, a whole group of them got hit. Everybody seems to be going through something right now. I mean, not totally unexpected. It's winter, you know, so usually people get winter colds and that kind of thing, but yeah. Uh, you know, the COVID shit not going away is not helping it either. So, uh, so but other than that, I'm good. Band's doing good. We're ready to kick off 2022 here. Uh, trying to get some shows happening. And uh, in fact, we have a show this Saturday uh, at uh, Come and Take It Live with uh, No Tin Gods and Wellborn Road and uh, a couple other handful of great bands. And uh, should be a fun night. Sounds like a good fucking time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wellborn's awesome. We're good buds with them. They're out of uh, the Bryant, Texan area. Um, uh, Tyler would say Go Aggies is the AM guy. And, uh, you know, No Tin Gods is a uh, kind of an offshoot band from my buddy skunk manhattan who's in uh a good rogering and runes guard and uh lennis hayes who's in a couple other bands and those guys put it together they're really cool i'm super stoked to be playing with those guys they're they're a good, good group of guys this is gonna be fun that's definitely a way to good way to kick off 2022 i think so yeah i think so you know especially when we're in stage five and you just don't know if suddenly everything's gonna get shut down again you know yeah no um i talked to a lot of international bands and uh um, not like right before, was right before the new year, mm-hmm. I talked to a band out of Germany and uh, they were getting ready to go in lockdown again. <sighs> um, I talked to, talked to a band out of the Czech Republic earlier today that aired on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, uh, well, it's going to air on Tuesday that, uh, they're talking about possible another lockdown, um, you know, I've talked to bands in the UK. There, I mean, every, everywhere is so yeah. fucked right now. I mean, yeah. And, and like, I was actually talking to them about, to the band and uh, from the Czech Republic about this. You know, there's so many different people out there um, that are sitting there saying it's you know this is a conspiracy. You know, it's not really real. It's just this or that. To get everybody across the planet to to conspire against one thing. Would right. be the be the is the most asinine thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, you yeah. really think that we can get other countries to agree with one person to say, "Hey, this is how we're going to rule the world." Well, yeah. who's going to rule the world? <laughs> I'm going to rule it. Who right. says, "Well, right. you get to rule it"? No, I want to yeah, rule yeah. it. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, I mean, regardless of regardless of you know the ground zero situation of where it started, whether you want to believe it was you know a, a bioweapon or manufactured or just People being dumb, trying to eat animals they shouldn't be eating or whatever they're doing, sticking their dicks in them, probably. Uh, you know, the fact is, is it happened. So how the fuck do we get rid of it now? That, I mean, instead of focusing on all the bullshit things going on, it should be what the fuck do we do to get rid of this or or make it innocuous so it's not it's not knocking everybody out and locking shit down anymore. Yeah. I think we're you know we're we're three years in. Let's stop the finger pointing and in, 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 in all that bullshit. How about everybody come together and agree, okay, we got to get rid of this goddamn thing like yeah. together instead of 
bickering about it because the more people bicker and bullshit and do all that other things they're doing currently and you know spreading misinformation and and whatnot it's just making it last longer man and uh and it just sucks because i know being a being a musician and being in bands i want to be playing and i know anybody who's listening that's a musician in a band they want to be playing and touring too you know and we can't because people are fucking stupid you know yeah it just sucks you're right i mean i mean in our lifetime we've been through a handful of fucking epidemics that have been yep. squashed with the exception yeah. of one. Um, and, you know, like whether it's bird flu or swine flu, you know, those things got squashed pretty quickly. The only other yeah, epi- kept under control. Yeah. yeah. The only other epidemic that we weren't able to control and we're still not able to control is the AIDS epidemic that happened in the 80s. And right. and it, and I like and I'm just now putting this piece together, too. This is like as far as the finger pointing and where it came from and all this other shit. Reminds me a lot of that back then because, you know, they were saying, oh, it came from monkeys in Africa and or right. it was this or it was that. Right. Or it was, it right. was like nobody fucking really knows. And no. it's and it's like, what what does it fucking matter where it came from? Can't we just figure out a way to fucking cure it? And now we're yeah. 40, we're 40 in, years into that one and we still didn't figure that one out. So oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who the fuck knows what's going to happen yeah. with fucking. I mean, look, uh, at human his- look at human history. We've gone through various different plagues and various different sicknesses. You know, through the course of mankind, viruses and bacterial things have been around since since the earth popped into form, you know, whatever belief you have behind that. So it's like, well, the shit's always been here. Let's let's maybe figure out how to, like, keep it under wraps. Like, can we can we put our our money into the science behind keeping this shit under wraps instead of just being, you know, fucking with everything? You know, yeah, it's mind boggling. You know as well as I do that that's just not how the country or no, the world no, works. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. I wish, man. I, I wish. I mean, let, let's be fair. The science community, you know, just like any, just like any, I guess, community, as you want to call it, you're going to have 85 to 95 percent of those people are in it for the goodness of what what it is. Right. Then you got that small fringe case of fucking lunatics who just have to go sideways and fuck everything up for whatever reason, greed or, you know, they've got some sort of, I don't know, mental hang up that they want to destroy the world. Uh, And they ruin it for everybody. It's that bad apple thing, you know, and uh, and that's that you're always going to have that everywhere. But I I like to think that in the end, the good guys will win, you know, because because there's more good guys than there are bad guys, I think. Yeah. I, I agree. I think you just described doctors and nurses versus the pharmaceutical companies. Well, that's, yeah, no, that's true, man. I mean, that's I think true. it's exactly I, what you just did. But look, I'm, I, you know, being in America, we come from a capitalist society and that's kind of our background. And, and, you know, regardless of your economical philosophy, whether it's socialism or capitalism or anarchy or whatever, you know, anarchy. Um, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Burn everything down. Uh, I think I think it's there's something we said about, you know, the minute certain parts of humanity become for profit and at the bottom line of the shareholders, that's when that's when we're all fucked. Right. I mean, there's there's certain things as a human being that should not be for profit because you have to have it right. You have to have water. You have to breathe air. You have to eat something, you know, and I'm not saying give away free food. That's not exactly what I mean. But what I mean is what I mean is you know, when it comes to taking care of your health, 
I, I personally don't think that, you know, health insurance and in, the health insurance industry should exist at I don't all. Either. I don't either. I, I don't think it should exist. I think they've become so big and that they've put their hands so deep into politicians pockets that we're just never seeing a way out of this, you know? Yeah, mm, I, Oh, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. You know, whether you want to call it, you know, socialized medicine, you know, medicine or, you know, government health care, whatever the fuck, you know, free medicine, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Right. You know, I've, I'm a firm believer in that 100 percent. And the thing about it is there's so much misinformation out there about it. Um, you know, it, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, you know, people say all the time, well, look at Canada. Yeah, look at Canada. You know, how many people I know that are from Canada that live here that still maintain dual citizenship just so they can maintain their, yeah. their free health care. So they got the health care. Yeah. And you know, but they like living here better cause it's warmer, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, have you seen, you've seen that infographic about like 50% of Canadians live below this one line and it's pretty much all Toronto. Uh, you know, I have, I have uh, traveled the world myself and, and, and whatnot. And I have, a lot of international guitar friends uh, through the freak guitar camp that happens in Sweden every year. And I love going to Europe. I used to work for a company where I used to be able to travel to the UK and I got to see lots of Europe. And, uh, and it's, it's just their philosophy and their mentality is different. I mean, sure. You can, you can start bagging about how they're overtaxed and, and whatnot, but uh, you know, I don't think you could have that kind of model or even the, the Nordic model of uh democratic socialism or social democratic whatever you want to call it here in the states because you'll never be able to funnel the money the right way right even though you're collecting these taxes it'll never go to the right thing exactly because there's always somebody who's sticking their fucking dick in the pie you know there's always somebody and and that's that's going to be the problem and by the way i just want to say this clearly all views expressed right now are mine, not the band. So I want to make sure that's that's clear that not everybody in Pure thinks the way I do. So just in case anybody's listening, going, "Oh, that fucking band, Pure," ah. you know, and, you know, they can they can point the finger at me too because I, I agree with you on that because you know the, yeah. the 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 Swedish and the the Nordic way of doing things, I I firmly believe in. But you're right, it's it's too corrupt. And yeah, yeah, they might be overtaxed. But here here's my opinion on that. If you take out the $500 a month, $600 a month, 700 even $1,000 a month that you're paying in premiums for your health right. insurance, right. and then take away the deductible that you have to meet every year, and then take away the co-pays you have to pay, right. the taxes balance out. It, that's no, the thing, Derek. But nobody, bal- nobody understands that. The taxes will balance. I had a, exactly. <laughs> I, had a, I had a conversation with... Uh, with my dad about this because you know he's old school and he's all about the capitalism and all that and that's fine but i said i you know i was like you know i didn't understand why he was so against the single payer mandate like like to me single payer makes sense and 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 i said i said dad put this into perspective all right so i've got kids and i'm sure many of your listeners have kids you know, and so what do you what do you do when you got kids? You got to make sure they're taken care of, and you got to make sure they got healthcare coverage. You know, and uh, I worked for, I briefly worked contract work, and anybody who's listening who's done contract work knows it can pay really good, but the benefits can really be shit. And uh, it was amazing to me that I was paying through the company I worked for, and it was company provided healthcare, right? Even though I was a contractor. I was paying, get this number, $320 a week in premiums. 
for for what was going on that's just premiums that wasn't that wasn't total out of pocket that wasn't the pharmaceutical side of it yeah that wasn't the doctor visits the co-pays that was literally just premiums and so you know and my options were limited it was either get the good plan or pay less and have the shit plan yep and have absolutely nothing covered at all and so when i did the math at the end of the year for taxes i think i ended up uh, just in premiums that year it was about over it was about thirteen thousand dollars in premiums and then when you add in the co-pays and you add in you know the out-of-pocket stuff because the out-of-pocket now takes you to like 20 grand yep and i got people you've got people here in the states going i don't want to tax for my health care it's like you're cool with paying 10 to 25 to thirty thousand dollars a year just in premiums for the luxury of seeing a doctor yeah like what the fuck man no i agree with you and the thing about it is too i i I made that point once to my uh ex-father-in-law who's very capitalist very republican uh worked for the government for a long time and his response to me was well i don't want my tax dollars to go to help somebody else with their medical expenses so my response to him Mm. was okay let me ask you a question there buddy how much did you pay this year in, you know, in medical insurance? And you gave me some rough number, you know, it was right, probably right. somewhere around what you just said. Uh, yeah. And I go, how many times did you go to the doctor this year? And he goes, well, only once to get my physical. Okay. So where do you think okay. that $13,000 went? Do you think it went to, into a savings account just for you? No. no. It went to the heart patient that needed it. It went to the cancer patient that needed it. It went to somebody else. So you're already doing yeah, that. It went, in, it went into the insurance pool that the <laughs> insurance used exactly. to pay all the businesses. So, yeah. yeah but, but all these arguments that you and I are, are pointing out right. are redundant because whether we're right or wrong is not the point. I no. think, but I think you're 100 percent right when it comes down to it. Is there's too much greed in America, and it wouldn't be allocated properly. It wouldn't be properly done, no matter yep. who did it. Yep. Um, and so, just just move to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> or, I, have a, or I, I have a buddy who uh, who gave it all up here in the states and uh, moved to. I think he's in Costa Rica or somewhere in Nicaragua, and like where obviously the economy you you know one one peso down there is like 50 60 us or whatever it is and he was just like yeah man i can work remote i can do all this stuff and i live down here and yeah i can get health care and everything else it's like yeah well duh i'm sure you're getting taxed for it but your dollar stretches much farther down there yep. than it would here you know and i get it but not everybody has that luxury i mean truth be truth be told and everybody who knows me knows this if i if i didn't have kids I, I probably would have already moved to Europe. I really do like it over there that much. You know, of course, you got a language barrier if you don't speak, you don't uh, speak the native tongue of whatever country you're in. But they all learn English early on. You can get by. Mostly, I may not. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I may not succeed if I don't learn the language. But, uh, you know, of all all the parts of the world that I've visited, there's been a hand, handful of places in, the, in Europe that I really love. I love going to Sweden. It's so beautiful there. And then, uh, you know, parts of the UK, I've been to parts of Germany and Poland, uh, and, and it's nice, you know, uh, however, that said, I should probably go visit my buddy down there in Costa Rica and see what it looks, <laughs> kind of see what it looks like down there and decide if that might be better live on the beach and drink fucking beers and coffee all day. See, 
I would rather move to Sweden or Norway and live in the mountains and uh It's gorgeous, man. Drink it's gorgeous. Drink tea and coffee and just, it's, I just won't eat it's gorgeous, man. Salted it's absolutely gorgeous. Shit. That's oh yeah. So <laughs> so let's get on that, man. They love their their fish, their 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 fermented herring. The uh, stir strumming. So <clears throat> excuse me. So everybody if you don't know what stir strumming is. It is basically, uh, it's basically fermented herring that's lived in a can for years. We're not talking a couple of days, a couple of months. It's like over a decade in some cases. The point is to make it. The longer it is, apparently, the better it is. Now, uh, I knew. So the first year I went to M- Matthias Eklund's uh, Swedish camp there, the, the free guitar camp. That was in uh, 2018 was the first year I went. And I was aware of stir strumming, but I think I had an advantage to a certain level that the other people that went to the camp didn't have is my, my father was a civil engineer and he dealt in wastewater facilities, mm-hmm. right? So sewage treatment plants. Well, I don't know if anybody on this on, listening here has been to a wastewater treatment plant. It don't smell good. Nope. You know, it's like Rotten you eggs. think, you think, you think a bad, a, a bad stench from having a drunken night at Taco Bell is bad. You you need to multiply that by say a couple thousand when you go to one of those plants because you know it's everybody's shit and it's got to be it's got to be chemicalized, nitrate nitrates and phosphorus and all kinds of stuff to break it all down to get the water to be recleansed and then reused in farming and everything else and 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 processed. Okay, so. I would say stir strumming is about 600 times worse. Oh my God. It's bad. It's like, (sighs) it's like instant throw up bad. It's bad. And when they first opened the first can, so I was paying attention, right? So Matthias gets the table. We're all outside. First of all, because you open this inside and just forget it because you're all outside, (laughs) man, you're all outside and all the other people that were there at the camp were kind of surrounding him while he's setting it up he had two cans and he's getting ready to pop them open and i th- sat there looking i stood there looking at it going i know this is gonna stink i'm gonna get upwind so i don't have to smell it <laughs> so i got kind of on the hill and as the wind's blowing against my back and towards them i'm like perfect right man he just cracked that first can and everybody's like oh it can't be that bad oh my god you know every this is terrible he's trying to get everybody to eat this stuff now you know bjorn who's the drummer of, of freak kitchen who was there he was loving he just cracked it open and slapped a little yogurt on a cracker with it and some onions and ate it because i mean that's their thing that's that's yeah. their delicacy you know anybody who was there that was swedish didn't have an issue with it but man we had this one kid his name's uh david and a young guy really into crazy music panza ballet and and uh the really just genty off time crazy crazy stuff and uh yeah i'll try it it's no big deal and matthias like hey i get in there so he, he does himself up one and he's like it's not that bad and he takes a bite and he goes this is okay oh, and he just, <laughs> just throws up every everywhere man and, and 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 that was the funny thing is that's what matthias wanted he wanted people to do it and then just like throw up everywhere so imagine there's 40 guitar players out in the swedish woods and half of them are throwing up this fermented fish it was bad. It's so bad that they had to take the stuff that nobody ate and walk it like over a half a mile away into the forest and dump it off because it's so bad. 
uh, but it was fun. And then one year we did it and we had a guy from Japan, uh, uh, Yutaka, who came out super cool, dude. He didn't, didn't even blink, didn't flinch, didn't anything. He dove right in there. He loved it. And then, you know, of course it made sense. I mean, fish is what the Japanese eat. That's their main staple. Yeah. You know, they're surrounded by ocean. So of course, you know, but he loved it and he just ate it. So this is great. And he couldn't understand why nobody else wanted to eat it, but it's, it's bad, man. So if you ever get on YouTube and you want to go down a rabbit hole, watch stir strumming videos and just people it's, it's bad. And what's funny to me, what the funniest thing is, is there's people that would like, they do these, they do their own little videos in like their car or they did it inside, you know, like one guy did it with his family inside a boat. It, it's like, it's like, man, like, no, don't do this stuff inside anything. Cause you get any of that juice anywhere. It's not coming out for weeks. And Matias said that he said, he said one time he cracked open a can and it kind of exploded on him. And he had it all in his hair and his wife made him sleep outside for two weeks. <laughs> it, just, it just stunk so bad. So, yeah, so that so you imagine this just stinks so bad. Your wife's like, no, you got to stay out, you know? Yeah, it's bad stuff, man. Good times, though. No, my, still good times. My girlfriend just kicks me out for snoring. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's that's nothing. You just break break her one open with the stir strumming. Hey, baby, you want a hot box? I got something for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess on stuff, man. Oh, ugh. yeah, exactly. I, uh, my ancestors suck. Um, <laughs> my ancestors too, man. I, <laughs> I did the ancestry stuff. My, my younger sister is really, really big on that stuff. And she went down the rabbit hole and found all these lineages. And like, so our, uh, my sister and, and, uh, and I are four grandparents who are now deceased. Three of them, are like first and maybe off the boat Americans, right? My dad's line, my mom, my grandma, my dad's line, that goes all the way back to like the 1600s America. And she discovered that that line goes back to William Penn. And I guess one of our great, 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 great grandfathers was on the same boat William Penn came from in Hamburg and came over. Anyways, so she's into all that kind of stuff. And what's crazy is the DNA stuff and, uh, it's just wild to like see, oh, you're like 55% West German and 10% Swedish. And, you know, you've got 5% Scottish. And I'm looking at all these numbers and going, oh, no wonder I'm this, no wonder I'm so big. I'm like this <laughs> big fucking lineman sized guy. It's like, oh, makes sense. My ancestors were large fucking raiding human beings. Great. Okay. Makes sense why I like metal. Um, I actually have a, um, I can trace on my grandmother's side, my dad's mom, her, nice. her lineage all the way back to 1600, um, um, America here. And they came over from Germany as well. So we probably had ancestors that knew each other. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure, man. Yeah. My, uh, my, uh, grand grandmother's, uh, like, I don't remember some great uncle, great, reach me. Great. Um, grandfather actually fought in the American revolution. So, Oh, cool. Yeah, it's pretty wild. My mom's uh, on my mom's side. My is it my great grandfather? I think it's my great grandfather. Fought in World War One. Luckily, did not get pulled into World War Two. I think he had gotten too old to be pulled into the German draft. 
And uh, so he did fight in German war, in the First World War and also fought in the Prussian Wars that were before the World Wars. Uh, so we're talking like late 1800s, I guess. And my great-great-grandfather, he definitely was a military officer in the, uh, the Prussian Army. Wow. Um, so, uh, so it's pretty cool. My, my, uh, my mom was given, I think it was given to her by her cousin. So it would have been my, my grandfather's brother, Arnold. His daughter had a series of handwritten letters that my, uh, my granduncle Arnold had written back and forth to his parents when he left, he left Germany at 15. Now think about this. Cause we don't, you know, Americans, we don't think about this. And most people are like, Oh, you're not really an adult till you're 18. Which, when you think back over a hundred years ago, most uh, most people, when you were a teenager, you were pretty much ready to go out on your own and be be a person, be an adult. Yep. And my my grand my granduncle Arnold, he left uh, to go make his own life at the age of fifteen. He he left and he snuck onto a boat and joined uh, some sort of merchant ship and traveled between Germany and, and New York. And during that time, he wrote a whole bunch of letters back and forth. And it was, it's a wild read. It's like a stack like this thick, man. It's really thick. But I start, I read through the whole thing and it's amazing to read this snapshot of history. Although it was, you know, personal stuff that he met all these people. And then, you know, the war broke out and now they were looking kind of, you know, the, the New York harbors were given, you know, a, a side eye to the Germans and, and rightfully so, of course, um, but then like to hear how he emigrated and settled in Chicago and then found his, you know, met his first wife and they did all this stuff. And then he worked hard to get, you know, his, the rest of his family. So my grandfather and, and his brother, the brothers and the mom and dad to get them fully emigrated and get them through Ellis Island and get them to Chicago. It's a really, really cool snapshot into, into history in a certain regard. And it's first person, which I think makes it even more cool. And uh, I was reading this and, you know, you, when we're in grade school, you, you would hear about how after World War One, how much hyperinflation happened in Germany, because basically they cut Germany off at the balls after, at the end of World War One, which I think if they had not done that, we would not have had World War Two, uh, most likely. Uh, but, you know, to read how he would talk about, you know, how much money he was sending back to Germany, you know, to help his family. Right. And just to watch that number get increased and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I was just like, God, he must've been making a good living. And then about 20 pages in, I realized, Oh no, wait, that was, that was due to the hyperinflation that was happening in Germany. Like he wasn't sending back more money. He was sending back the same money, but now it was worth shitloads less. So it seemed like he had to send more, you know, it was a really wild read, you know, when you go back to that, but eventually he got, he got everybody to get out of Germany before the rise of the Nazis and, and World War II happened. So uh, to a certain regard, uh, I was pretty lucky in, in that sense. I don't think, I think if they hadn't got our family out of there, my grandfather's family out of there, uh, who knows? I, I don't know. I, you and I probably wouldn't be speaking as far as I know. You know, yeah. it's that, pretty wild. Those letters should be, <clears throat> should be turned into a book. Jesus. They're amazing, dude. They're absolutely <laughs> amazing. They're fun to read. And I deciphered a lot of things because my mom, you know, going back to the, the whole genealogy and, and ancestry stuff, you know, we discovered that, you know, there was a part, if you look at maps of Germany prior to World War One and how they pretty much 
went way far east over the northern side of Poland and up into parts of Russia. That's where that's what had been called the Prussian area, uh, the uh, the Pomeranian area, you know, through Gdansk and you know over to uh, um, uh, what's now Saint Petersburg, you know, Konigsberg and all that. All of that was all Germany, you know, the Brandenburg area of era of Germany, and that's where my my mom's side comes from is that area. And I took a very cool trip. I went to Poland uh, and flew over to Gdansk. And I got to tell you, man, if you ever get a chance to go to Gdansk, Poland, take that opportunity. It's a fucking cool city. Uh, just gorgeous, gorgeous city and, and really cool. Uh, you get to learn a lot of history and drink beer that's made by the oldest purity standards. And there's only a handful of breweries that are allowed to do it. And it's some of the best tasting beer you'll ever have and uh, uh, uh yeah. yeah it was fun so i got to go see you know i got to go see pretty much where my mom's side came from really uh, at awesome. least from my from my mom's dad not not my mom's mom my mom's mom was more kind of south more towards the the romanian hungary hungary area uh so it was really cool man I, I i would say if you have the chance to like dig through your family history and your lineage and find out what parts of the world you come from uh it's certainly worth exploring it was certainly eye-opening for me anyways uh and uh and i was pretty excited by it it was really fun to do that 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 sounds awesome that yeah, really does that really does all right we're gonna take a quick music break here we're gonna go ahead Sweet. and play another song off the album vita brevis called bring out the dead so here is bring out the dead by the band pure
that was Bring Out the Dead by the band Pure off their album Vita Brevis. And let's get back to our conversation with Brent now. Hey. Hey, hey. Man, you've got some interesting stories about your family, man. And I, I only have, <laughs> like, I mean, I got, like, two. I mean, like I said, my great-great-great-great-grandfather, whatever it was, you know, fought in the American Revolution. But on my uh, the coolest story that I have, um, on my mom's side, her mom, my grandmother, her, her mom, my great-grandmother, was actually um, the niece of um, Robert Eastman. Who was the inventor of Kodak? Oh wow! Yeah, and yeah, um, cool. So my uh, my grandmother actually has a newspaper clipping from the um, like a week or two or a day after a couple of days after he died. Um, basically, on the front it says, "You know, inventor of um, Kodak leaves niece nothing in will because <laughs> he left everything <laughs> he everything he owned. He left everything to the college that he went to." Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, my wow. my uh yeah, we've got no family money and one of the richest men to ever walk the freaking planet and you know, stuff that we still use today I'm related to and we got yeah. nothing to show for it except for a newspaper. Well, I mean <laughs> to be fair, now at this point it's like is Kodak really even making film at this point? I mean, there's only so much everything's become digital. So, you know, what do you do when you're whole business model was making you know analog product you know you got to shift with the times and have they really shifted i don't know you know i don't know either i mean i haven't really kept up with uh i'm besides a mccannon guy anyway (laughs) (laughs) take that take that yeah kodak jerks my uh my canon you know r series in front of me (laughs) i have a handful of friends back here in austin they like to shoot in uh it's so funny. I got a buddy. His name is Greg Garfer and a uh, big sweet bear of a man. His nickname is troll and he goes by troll. And uh, he's a funny dude. You know, he kind of, he has his hobbies and he has his loves and he's super into music and he plays bass and he's got, man, if you ask him to show him his pedal board, it's like 600 fucking pedals. The guy's nuts. Jesus. And, uh, but it, the trip out about him, which is a lot of fun is we'll have conversations and he'll converse with you as if, you have as much knowledge about the subject as he does. <laughs> okay. So you can, so like, I'm a guitar player. I've played guitar since I was 13. I, I love guitars. I know about a lot about guitars, but I don't, I'm not a walking encyclopedia. Like I didn't walk around learning all the various classic models and all the stuff, man. When I heard Eddie Van Halen at 13, I said, fuck it. That's it. I want to learn to do that, do be him. You know, and so it was like, oh, I got to get this killer strat and I got to do all this stuff. I need a whammy. So, and then I got in all these other metal bands, Metallica, and that kind of thing. So my focus was not myopic, but it was kind of sort of myopic. Like, I want to be a great guitar player and I just want to do this. And, 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 and then I didn't really become a gearhead until like later. Mm-hmm. Like I started learning audio recording and, and stuff like that. And so I started to learn more about the gear. And of course, my first electric doesn't exist because I basically destroyed it, taking it apart so many times, <laughs> learning how to solder it together and doing all the other shit, uh, you know. But Greg's an interesting cat because we'll have conversations about different models and different brands, and he'll blast out these model numbers, and I'll just sit there, stare at him like a, a dog hearing a whistle, like, what are you talking about? 
He's like, aren't you familiar with that? I'm like, is that what brand is that? And then he'll tell me the brand and I'll be like, man, I have no idea what you're talking about. I was like, what really? You know, but he's a trip. He, he, he loves what he does. And, and uh, he's a good guy. We'll just have those conversations and we'll have talks about, you know, he'll talk to me about like, I have a Kemper. Right. And why I bought it was, you know, I thought it was the right product for me and whatever you want to buy, you've got Kemper guys, you've got Helix guys. Now you've got the, uh, uh, the quad cortex guys, which man, I'd love to try that thing out. That thing looks super badass. And, and, you know, Greg would say to me, well, can it do, can it do this parallel processing? And what if I want to run this signal like this? And what if I want to do all this? I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. I plug in these amp sounds that I like, and it sounds great. You know, I, I'll, I like give a shit about is can I turn some knobs and get the sound I'm looking for? I'm, yeah. I'm not looking to rewire a fucking pedal board inside the digital components. I just want it to sound good, you know, but he's a cool guy, man. It's, it's fun shit. And uh, he's like that. He's got a Canon. He's got a Canon. Uh, I think he's got a Canon, a couple Canons. And he'll bring them out and he'll take photos. This, this, so the trip out with me about the guy is he's a really good photographer and he does it as a hobby, right? But he could easily be charging people. He could easily, and maybe he does for some services, but like he comes out to local shows and he sees bands and he just, he'll take pictures of every band that plays and then he'll connect with somebody and then just send them the photos later. Um, and he doesn't really seem to charge. I think he probably should, but he just, I've asked him about it. He's like, ah, I don't give a shit. I just do it for fun. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, God, I wish we had more people like <clears throat> you in the world, bro. Cause you know, not to say people shouldn't make money. I want to make that clear. Obviously people have to, you know, make their nut. I get it. You know, but when it comes to like the scene and music and bands, you know, that really is a brotherhood. And when you got guys like that in it who are there to be there because they love the music, they enjoy the music. They enjoy the camaraderie of being a musician with the other players uh, and you're doing it for fun and basically not charging bands for it. That's some cool shit because, yeah. you know, a lot of bands struggle with getting good photography. They struggle with getting good videos. They struggle with, you know, putting out a certain package or, or your product. At the end of the day, a band really is a product, it uh, is. you know, regardless, regardless of music, you know, when we were kids growing up in the eighties, <clears> you know, you had rock stardom on your mind and you didn't really know what it took, but you just thought, man, if I write some really great songs and I have a great band, the label's going to pick me up. Mm -hmm. Well, that shit's gone. Like that doesn't work at all anymore. That, <laughs> nope. that, that model, that model flew the coop as soon as digital hit. Right. Yep. So what do you have to do as a band nowadays? You have to think a little differently. You have to, you really have to put time and effort into your product. You, you got to not only, you know, people piss and moan about images and being posers and whatever. And that's a whole different definition of things, depending upon who you are. Um, but, you know, when, when we look at things as pure and, and even any of the other bands I'm in, it's like, okay, what are we putting out there? Right. First of all, let's make sure the music that we love the music we're putting out, right. You don't want to put up music you don't like, because why the fuck would you put it out? You know, so you got to love the music you're putting out. And then you need to say, can we make this product, this music sound, as good as humanly possible with the resources we have because everybody who's done this knows getting good studio time with the right people is not cheap it's just not even even when a lot of guys can do it at their house you know you still spent money on you know a daw and a digital interface and some microphones and, mo and monitors if you're lucky you still dropped a couple grand in gear just to do it yourself 
So whether you did that or you went to a studio to book some time, you still spent money. It's mm -hmm. not, it's not free, you know? And, and unfortunately at the end of the day, the product you put out there that cost you all this money to do, you're kind of giving it away. And, and that's, and I think that's the piece that people don't really realize is, you know, yes, these guys are writing music from the soul and from the heart and they want to put out a message and, you know, whatever that message is, good, bad, or ugly, that's still an art form. And it's been reduced down to just background music. It's just been reduced to this thing that it's easily attainable. People can just get it whenever they want. It's instant gratification. And they no longer, their mystery is gone and nobody has to fucking pay for it. Yep. And, and bands have to struggle now because you can't make a living just making the music like nope. in before, right? Now you have to look at different avenues. You got to put up badass merchandise because you want people to buy the shirts regardless of what logos on it, you know, whatever band logos on it. Now it's irrelevant. Like back when we were kids, you could, but you know, the fart brigade is your band on the shirt and people would be like, Oh, I'll buy that shirt for 10 bucks or whatever. You kind of can't now you have to have something cool. Like it's yep. gotta, it's gotta catch your eye to where somebody goes, I don't know what fucking band that is, but I like that shirt. I'm going to buy that. Yep. Right. That, mm -hmm. That's what you, you have to be thinking about this shit constantly. And uh, you know, you got to get on stage looking a certain way. You got to have a product on stage. You got to be tight, of course. Uh, and I don't think, I don't think the general public, uh, or even you know some of the up and coming bands who are trying to do it really have a solid, solid grasp on on that. Now I'm not by by no means am I an expert on this. This has just been my observation over the last say five ten years. Um, you know, because obviously if if I had all the answers, we certainly wouldn't still be a local band. Um, but from what I've seen from the better local bands here in Austin and from even some of the national bands that I've worked with over the years, you know, that's kind of what it is. You, you got to have this badass product on stage. The, the days of, you know, having great music, but you look like you just walked off a golf course are gone. Yep. You know, they're gone. Uh, you, you gotta, you gotta entertain. You've got to give a visual, whether it's a light show or you've got, you know, false TVs up there and they're blasting all kinds of lights or whatever. You got to have something. You got to have something that grabs people's attention. And as sad as that sounds, it just is the way it is. You just have to, you know, and bands have to carry more shit to shows and it's not an easy load in, load out. And you're playing, you know, you're getting offered these 30 minute gigs locally half the time. And, and sometimes you just go, why am I doing this? But then you get this, you hit the stage and you see there's some people in the bar and there you hit that first downbeat. And all of a sudden the eyes light up and the ears perk up and suddenly they start paying attention. Yep. And, 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 and that's what makes it worth it because you've connected. It's the connection. I don't think people really get a, a, a true sense of, I hate to make it sound like it's a spiritual thing, but it is really, it, there really is a sort of a, a granular spirituality to you know, writing something that came from, you know, it came from here and it came from your head and your heart and into your hands and through your words, like, you know, Caitlin writes all her lyrics and sings all the vocals. There's something to be said about putting something together that you just say, we like it, we hope you love it. And then when you play it and you see that they do, you see them react and you see how much they dig it and they're getting into what you're doing you know, and it just, it just pumps your adrenaline harder. You know, it just makes you feel more connected to these people to know that you, you pulled this thing out of the universe, really. I mean, 
when you think about creating music, it's an idea that lives in your head that just gets put into your hands and you formulate a, you formulate a riff or whatever. Where did that come from? Essentially, it just materialized from fucking nothing, really. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, a couple of synapses fired in your head and boom, it turned into a song, you know, and, and it, it's pretty it's pretty intense. And you get that that connection with the crowd and you get done. You had a great show and maybe those guys want to hang out with you, maybe drink a beer. But you connect and then you see them at the next gig and then they're telling their friends and you see them at the next gig. And and it's a beautiful thing, man. It really is. It really is. And so the the goal for us for pure this year is to try to build more of those connections to really i don't want to say touch people but you know to get that to get people to believe in what you do that they like what you do you know we could talk about uh musical genres and how you could take metal as a parent genre and break it into its five million different types of metal i mean you could you could but at the end of the day at the end of the day i mean like honestly who gives a fuck like is it good music if the answer is yes that's all that really fucking matters i could care less if it's some sort of weird south south brazilian afro-cuban pop metal band whatever you want to call it whatever whatever genre you want to label this thing i don't give a shit call it whatever you want but does it groove does it move me do i like the riff does it does it kind of pull me in if it pulls me in i don't care where it came from yeah i'm gonna want to listen to it you know and uh and and i think that uh I think that there's something to that. I really do. And um, hopefully, hopefully for pure, you know, we start making more of those connections. We start getting uh, some bigger connections, some greater exposure, you know, and I don't, and we, we throw the word exposure around to, to be bad. It is bad. And it's also good playing for exposure. Uh, there's such a nasty argument there about playing for exposure. Cause you want to get something out of it. Um, you know, I don't certainly, I don't particularly like playing to five people, but I will. I mean, if I know those yeah. five people are fucking rocking their asses off and right in front of me, raging out and loving it. Yeah. I'll play my ass off for those guys. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, the band still has to make something in return. You know, there has to be something in return there, whether it's monetary, whether it's, you know, getting in good with the promoters to, to getting on some bigger bills later, if it's connecting with some other bands to put some get more killer shows together, you know, to keep that, that brotherhood happening uh, and sisterhood, don't ignore the females and the sisterhood. Um, you know, that's, that's what it's about. And I think a lot of, uh, for me, I, I, you know, I'm an old guy, you know, uh, this, and, and the music business is a young man's game. There's no doubt about it. I mean, yep. you, you, it'll always be a young person's game because they have the longest marketing appeal. That's just what it is you know regardless of anything that's what it is um but you know what i don't give a shit my i still got a fire in my gut that says you have to like i feel compelled to continue to do this even when my body says dude stop i hurt (laughs) yeah stop like you've beat me up too much but my heart goes no fuck you you're powering through let's do this you know No, I, I feel you on that, man, because you're 100% right. I mean, you've got to get something out of it because you're sure as hell not, you know, getting anything off of Spotify with your point zero zero four cents right? for every stream. No, um, no. <laughs> no and mean, that's even all the platforms. They all stream a certain way. Yeah. But, man, there's so many fucking streaming platforms now. It's like, sure, you got the big daddies. You've got Spotify. You got Apple. 
You got Amazon, you got uh, iTunes, of course. You got all these platforms and they all pay various different things, you know, and at the end of the day, it all averages out to a certain amount. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's turned into just pittance for it. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's pittance. You can't make money off of it. You can't no. make a living at it. No, absolutely not. And that's why I try to put that spotlight here on the show to the indie bands because it's, you know, stream them all you want. Yeah, listen to their music. That's great. But yeah. buy their merch. Go to their shows. Tell yeah. your friends. Share their shit on social media. You know, if they have yep. a group page, you know, go, you know, become a fan of their group page. Do yeah. whatever you got to do. Help these local bands. You know, the exactly. thing about it is these local regional talents are the lifeblood of the music industry. Well, your national band started somewhere. Exactly. They started somewhere. Exactly. I mean, my point. You, yep. could use, you could use the biggest band in the metal world, Metallica, regardless of what you think about those guys. They started as a local L.A. band and then it moved it to San Francisco. They were a local band. And the reason they got where they were is because they hustled like motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. They hustled, you know, and, and but they started they were a local like anybody else. They they did their battles. They put up flyers everywhere. They ran to, you know. They, they did they did the same shit most of us did. Like, hey, let's go Kinko's and print up like 600 fucking flyers and go stick them on cars for our Friday night, and then we'll go drink beer. You know, they probably did it. You know, that, yeah, that, was the old, that was the old school way of doing it. You had to print up flyers, try to make them look cool, and hope to fucking God nobody just threw them all away. Yeah, you know, or that buy tickets to a, yeah, buy tickets to another show and hang out outside and just hand out flyers as people are leaving yeah. and do whatever you yeah. got to do, yeah. There's Dude, a, now that we're talking about that, I'm kind of getting nostalgic. I kind of fucking miss those days a little bit. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I forgot all about that shit, man. I remember us doing that, going and like thinking we'd made this badass flyer and then we'd go print it out, like hand it out to everybody. We could stick it in their hands, you know, run through parking lots of venues that were the not the venue we we're playing at, but some other venue and hope to God the security guy didn't see us tagging cars with these flyers, you know. <laughs> And then going to hitting parties and drinking and, and doing all kinds of dumb shit. Oh, fuck, man. I miss those days. <laughs> <laughs> no, think about it. You don't get you don't get that now. What does everybody use? Oh, let's just share our shit on Facebook. It's like, yeah, OK, it's a little bit easier to target somebody who's not, you know, wandering around in a parking lot. But uh, there is still something to be said about, you know, making a flyer, printing it out by hand, you know, and by hand, I mean, going to Kinko's or burning yeah. out your, your copier your machine at your house and then just like planning planning a raid i'm using air quotes that you guys can't see planning a raid at the venue or some other venue in the area and just fucking hoping you don't set off car alarms yep. you know people still do that shit too though and they I mean, do it, yeah but it's just do. not as it's not as prevalent as it used to be no, no 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 usually the shit i see in parking lots is Hey, come to this fucking house thing and see DJ what's his nut and you know, blasting fucking house music all night. And it's like, ugh. No, thank you. No, I'm not <laughs> interested in watching some dude stand up there on stage and spin pre made trash. Nope. Sorry to all you DJs out there, but it's just uh yeah, don't I'm be sure sorry. there's an it's an art form in its own that I just don't understand. It's like Exactly. I don't get it. You know, maybe I'm old. <laughs> I'm old too, so don't feel bad. Yeah. Oh no, I don't feel bad because I'm old. <laughs> oh, I do. I feel bad because I'm old. <laughs> well, in some cases, I guess I do, but not all the cases. It's, when you, it's, when you it's wake up in the morning, you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You wake up and you turn the wrong way. Oh fuck! I just hurt myself. 
Uh, this is going to be fun getting to the bathroom. Uh, my, my hip hurts. My ankle hurts. My neck hurts. <laughs> I need a bachyotomy. That's right. <laughs> a bachyotomy. <laughs> that's, that's sick. That's it. Oh, fuck. And that, dude, that is so true, man. Now it's like, it's like you play a show, you rock ass, you do your hardest. You just, you just, you get that pump and you just play your ass off and, uh, you get off stage and, 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 you don't really, you know, local bands don't really have roadies, right? And, and that's the other thing is all local bands are all DIY. They are. They're just all DIY. And, you know, of course, technology is making it easier to where you can carry less and less. Like, again, I said, I, I've, I, I've got a Kemper. Rob's got a Helix. So for us, we can just carry a couple things, and it's not a lot of gear. We don't have to do the old school days of, dude, you got to have a half stack or some full monster thousand watt thing anymore. Um, you can still get a great fucking sound with less gear, but the drummers can't. I mean, a drummer can play an electric kit, but that kind of looks, oh, you know, it yeah. just, that just kind of looks, you know, weak, I guess. Yeah, but see, you know, but there's still something to be said about a Marshall half stack. There is. No, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, man. When I had my full on Mesa rig happening, that was some soul fucking crushing power. Yeah. That was just, I could hit that fucking lowest chord and you just bang, you just felt it. But, that's not that's not that's that's young me that's not old me old me yeah, goes no do i want to carry 200 pounds of gear to every gig nah, no no not really you know not really 20 30 year old me wouldn't have cared but 50 year old me goes <laughs> no no fuck that just let me carry a couple things and i'm happy you know i'll hide it with scrims fuck it no one will know <laughs> You know, and then, of course, that's even the other thing is, is like if everybody our age back when we were kids realized how much those those stacks were just empty, fake boxes of shit. They were what they were. And we didn't realize it until we got to be adults. But as kids, we were like, dude, Ingve's got six fucking stacks up there. That's incredible. <laughs> now, maybe Ingve, it was all stacks because he's such an egomaniac. But like, I would imagine, like, if you saw, say, Van Halen or you went and saw uh who would be another uh, another tight band back in the day well just any band from the 80s really you know slayer for instance i don't think slayer had eight stacks aside that were true full stacks mm -hmm. I, I, there's no way the, no those way. roadies would have been breaking their fucking backs i think that they were just like all the other bands where they had a primary fucking half that ran their shit and a secondary half in case the first one blew and everything else was just for show because you know you're on a big giant stage. What are you going to fucking put up there? You put up a bunch of marshals because that's what you need to fill the stage. Mm -hmm. You know, now, of course, Slayer crushed and they will always crush. But, uh, you know, you see you start seeing pictures now of gotcha photos where it's like from behind the scenes and it's all fake calves. And you're and it's like it's supposed to be some trap. It's like, man, everybody did that shit. I mean, yeah. the whole music industry from top to bottom is smoking mirrors. I mean, it just is. 100%. You know, it just is. And, and the sooner you learn that, the easier it is to navigate, you know, uh, but it's it's fun. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly glad to not carry a crap load of gear. <laughs> that, that said, I will occasionally break out the heavy gear, you know, when it's a special occasion. Like uh, we got a guy out here. His name's Scotty MC. He put together a, a Facebook group called Austin Rock, and it was a community for the bands and musicians to connect with the fans so it's a huge community where anybody locally can join as long as they're all about the music they're all about promoting shows 
anything having to do with the scene. It can be art. It can be other stuff to enhance the whole music experience. And he puts on these birthday bashes every year. It's really for himself. His birthday is in early December. Uh, mine's later in the month. Um, and uh, he puts it together and he puts together, he, he does the whole thing. He'll find a venue where he can get at least two stages set up in some way. And then it's tough. It's a tough thing for him because he's got to pick from 50 fucking local bands or more to, to figure out who should play. Uh, so I, I don't know his selection criteria. I just know that for the last two years, we got the, we got the, uh, the uh, honor of playing his birthday gigs. And, uh, and when, whenever we do stuff like that, where we know it's a big group effort, there's not a lot of cats here in town that have like a, a good sounding 412. There's a lot of guys that have 412s, but not a lot. Most of the things out here are, say, like 212s or maybe a combo and some pedals and, and stuff like that. And I've owned this Mesa Boogie 412 for God fucking 20 years. And the thing is a tank and it sounds amazing. I've never plugged somebody into that and not have it sound amazing. And I volunteer it every time. Hey, we're, my band's playing, whether my band's playing or not, if I know it's part of the scene, and I'm available and I, I'm available to bring it. I'll hit them up. Hey, man, you guys want to borrow it for the night? I'll come drop it by the venue and you guys can use it all night. And then I'll stick around in the evening and take it home. And uh, it's been fun doing that because it, it's good for me because I get to interact with some of these other bands that I've never heard of or never seen. And they get to play through shit and, you know, not have to worry about bringing extra gear it makes band changeovers easier. The more you can share gear, obviously, it makes it the switchovers a lot easier. Oh yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a it's good. It just kind of keeps the keeps the 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 whole camaraderie thing happening because, you know, win, lose, or draw. You've got really you know you got your gamut of local. You've got top tier, kick ass. Oh my god, these guys are amazing bands. And then you got the hey, we're not so great, but we're trying kind of bands it's a really wide range and uh you know if in any way shape or form gear wise you know i can help make that experience better when we have a special event like that i'm more than willing to jump in you know it's 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 fun it's good for me it's it's it's, it's good for me and uh and hopefully it, it spreads some joy to those guys um and everybody who's played through my rigs, like, dude, I want to take your cab. And I'm like, you can't have it. <laughs> you can't have it. That's mine. It's got four vintage thirties in it. And they're comfortably worn in from years of playing in drop B just that low chunky dirge have those things. Those speakers are completely comfortably warm and that that cabinet's a fucking beast and I'll never get rid of it. Um, but we have fun, man. We have a lot of fun doing that and there's a lot of good bands out here um and and again like any scene there's there's bands that maybe aren't so great but you know they're trying they're doing their thing and they're, yeah. and they're having fun and that that's what counts you know exactly exactly brent dude it has been an absolute fucking pleasure speaking with you this last hour you too man um, thank and, you uh to know you know the the efforts that you guys go to to help the other scene you know the rest of the bands in the in the in your area and all this other stuff, dude, is amazing, and I just think that's pretty fucking badass, and you guys definitely Thank deserve you. your uh, flowers. We appreciate it, man. We appreciate it, and uh, I'd love to come back, hopefully with some of the other guys in my band. Uh, dude, absolutely. Unfortunately, they weren't available, and and I'm, I, I'll be the one to admit it, and those guys will tell you, too, once you get me started, I never shut the fuck up, so sometimes... <laughs> 
sometimes you got to just look at me and go, dude, stop. <laughs> no, no, it's perfectly fine. Um, if I didn't have well, a, I mean, uh... well, I guess I should say that if there's more than just me in an interview, not that I'm trying to take shit over, but once I get started, I'm, my brain goes tangent, go tangent over here, go. It's just side rails. You just, I just wish I had somebody sitting next to me kicking me in the leg going, dude, would you shut the fuck up? But, you know, it's all good. I try not to overpower the rest of the guys. I just, once I get going, I get going. But uh, have another, let's do another round. Hell I'll yeah. I'll stay out. I'll stay out. You get the other guys involved. <laughs> Dude, yeah, we definitely need to have another round with the other guys and, and you as well, because this was a great conversation. And it'll uh, be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. It's been, a, it's been an absolute fucking pleasure, man. And uh, good luck with your gig this weekend. Thank you, brother. One last plug. We are on the Wampus Cat Festival in New North Carolina on May 15th. We're playing at 645. So if you're in the North Carolina area and you want to come check us out, mark it on your calendar, May 15th, the Wampus Cat Festival. I might have to take a drive down there. Dude, that'd be badass. Love to see you. Hell yeah, I might have to do that. Um, cool. But uh, brother man, thank you very much. And just definitely, definitely hit me up and we'll definitely it. do this again. You bet, brother. It sounds good. Thank you for having me on. I no problem, brother. Have a good one. You too. All right, bye bye. Bye. And that was Brent from the band Pure. Hope you all enjoyed that conversation because I sure as hell know I did. And that closes out this Wednesday edition of Oh shit, I almost said Sucker Podcast of I can't even remember the name of my damn show, <laughs> The Dark Side of Music. Um, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Man, that was fucking great. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. But now we're going to go ahead and close out this episode with another song from the band Pure off their album Vita Brevis. And this song is called Forsaken. And guys, thank you so much for being here on a Wednesday. We will be back again tomorrow. This time with the band Through This War. So come back on tomorrow, Thursday edition, a Friday Eve edition of the dark, ugh, the dark side of music. So hard to say that now, but um, until then, stay happy, stay healthy, stay fucking heavy. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Here is Forsaken by the band Pure. See you guys tomorrow. Peace.